I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 125. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Beckford here from I Love Mortgage Brokering. Today on the show, I have Paul Taylor. He's the new CEO of Mortgage Professionals Canada. He's been at the helm for about nine months, and I really wanted to find out who he was and what his vision was for MPC. I discovered that Paul was the operations manager for an association for insurance brokers in Ontario, about the same size as MPC. So he really understands the delicate balance of running an association that provides value to its members while also acting as an intermediary between the various interested parties. Paul also revealed to me that he was a huge Iron Maiden fan when he was younger. I think you're going to enjoy this interview. This episode is sponsored by Pioneer West Acceptance Corp. Pioneer West is a private lender in BC and Alberta. Now, normally when we have a sponsor on the show, it's because I've personally used their product or service and I can give it a 100% recommendation. In this case, it's a little different. I actually don't do private lending. So I decided to do some background checking on the crew at Pioneer West and I found that everyone I talked to said they were fast, down to earth, and underwrote deals if they made sense, which is exactly what you're looking for in a B lender. Another cool thing about Pioneer West is they still have money to lend. I've been hearing some lenders are running low on cash, not these guys. If you're a broker who's looking for a lender for your next B deal in BC, Alberta, check out Pioneer West and tell them you heard about them on Island Mortgage Brokering. They're big supporters of our community. Check them out at pioneerwest.com. Hey, Paul, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me here. It's uh, exciting. So I'd like to find out about your story and sort of how you got into this role at Mortgage Professionals Canada, but maybe just take me back to... Yeah, where were you before and what kind of stuff were you doing before you got called or tapped to be the president of MPC? Probably the most relevant work experience I've had for this role is I was at the Insurance Brokers Association of Ontario for about 10 years. I was director of operations there, which is sort of second staff level, if you will, for maybe five years in total. And in that role, I worked very specifically with the property casualty insurance broker intermediaries in Ontario. In terms of similarities of the overall channel or the distribution model that they use, the business owners are small entrepreneurs. They have relationships with multiple insurers. They offer insurance out to consumers direct. They have competition in direct insurers, which is sort of similar to this space. And a lot of the messaging to government around the activity was quite specific to small local entrepreneurs, community involvement, local tax base, uh, consumer protection, advocacy, all of those types of things. So a, a lot of the messaging specific to that industry channel, I think, very easily translates across to our space here. And by virtue of it being a not-for-profit association, just the, the day-to-day governance, board operations, uh, education, advocacy, and member services is the three main pillars is very similar. There's quite a lot of overlap there in, in just the operation day-to-day of what I did. Between that role and this one, though, I was a national sales manager for a small software company called Bravada, and we would build custom solutions for connectivity between insurance companies and all of the multitude of the independent insurance brokers across the province and country as well. So I'm not a technology guy by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm pretty good at drawing boxes and arrows on whiteboards and and can explain how connectivity and workflows are supposed to operate. And prior to that, I actually worked at an insurance company. I was a, a facilitator and a trainer of insurance technical material for about three years education background is actually all in the arts. I was a, a music major. I'm like everybody else in Toronto, play guitar. Did you play in a band? I did for a while, yeah. I, I was in kind of a top 40 band as a kid, and we did a bit of a road show, Hamilton, St. Catharines, Niagara area. 
And then when I went to school, it was a, a jazz program. So I did a lot of coffee shops and martini bars playing standards in hipster jazz trios way before they were hipsters. <laughs> That's awesome. And so you got into the insurance space, it sounds like, and then the this insurance organization you work for, is it a lot like Mortgage Professionals Canada? Operationally, it's, it's very similar as far as the association goes. We had a, an education department that would put together licensing courses that would meet licensing requirements of the province. We had a continuing education curriculum that was built to meet the continuing education licensing requirements in the province. We had member services. We would do government lobbying on behalf of the membership. So I, I spent an awful lot of time actually reading and responding to white papers that had anything at all to do with bank act regulation changes. We actually worked quite hard to make sure that banks did not have the ability to retail insurance in branch. Mm. And that probably all by itself is the, the biggest single lever that assists the insurance and brokerage community f to thrive. But in locally even, um, changes to the automobile insurance product across the province would come around every five years, much like the MBLLA and, and other acts across the country. They are, there are sunset clauses. So there'll be public consultations on changes. Government would potentially want to move one way. We may have a different position and we would argue our position always from the consumer protection perspective. In terms of the day-to-day -day of what an association is supposed to provide in terms of value to its members, the, the similarities are really quite large. Now, the industry is very different. Uh, I won't lie there. I probably significantly underestimated the learning required to move into a new industry space. It's been a, a little bit breakneck from the time that I started. Uh, I've met an awful lot of people, and everybody, fortunately, has been incredibly supportive uh, in, in early days. And I've met some very smart people who have actually assisted tremendously in my learning. But the communities even are, are similar, just, I think, by virtue of the fact that it's very much a sales-focused culture. People are, are very much interested in customer service and ensuring that consumers get the best that they deserve in any transaction. And people are just uh, very friendly. They're not all gregarious, but they're certainly very personable. So it, it's been fun at the events as well, even meeting people that way. Mm -hmm. And so how long have you now been in the, at the helm of MPC? It's just about coming up to nine months now. I started uh, right after Christmas, so sort of early January timeframe. Okay, so I want to go maybe back before even MPC. So you have a business background or you've been in industry. So I, I always find for me failure is something that happens, but there's always a lesson in it when, when you look back on it. Can you think of something over the, the different roles that you've had, maybe a failure, but now looking back, there was a lesson in it for you? That's a really good question. Probably the, the single biggest learning I've had from anything that I've failed in business is probably more or less in due diligence than anything else. Uh, when I was working at the previous association, I spent not a huge amount of money, but some money on the creation of a mobile application that was tied into the membership database. And so it allowed us to take the directory we already had online and then create an application that was essentially a wireframe. So all of our brokers had the opportunity to, to send an invitation to their own customers. And with a specific code, once the app was downloaded, it would skin itself to look like this individual broker had spent the money on an application. Mm -hmm. I worked quite closely with the developer. Again, I, I'm not the technical guy, but I could draw boxes and arrows. And so I, I created a bit of a workflow that was nice and easy for our members to get involved in. I, it became apparent to me after a month or two, our development was lagging and the firm that we had originally contracted would probably not as expert as they had claimed to be. And some of the things that I had originally asked for that they had committed to, they just weren't able to get to in a timely fashion. I suspected they were actually outsourcing themselves 
rather than having it in-house. I, I made a switch of vendor and everything actually worked out great in the end. In, in fact, finding a, a smallish firm that had some expertise in-house ultimately saved me money, believe it or not, in the ultimate delivery of this thing. But I learned very, very quickly that spending some time doing due diligence on the front end of any job saves you a whole whack of time and potential embarrassment if things go south later on. So hire slowly, fire quickly is sort of the adage I've heard before. The, the mentality of the idea is the same, I think. Just make sure that you form your partnerships very slowly and you really do understand the skill sets of the folks it is that you're working into and what they're able to deliver before you get elbows deep in the work of a project, I guess. Mm -hmm. And this association for insurance, is it brokers or agents or what would the term be? And it's brokers in Ontario. I think it's agents everywhere else in the country. But the intent of the license is that you can represent more than one insurer. In Ontario, an insurance agent is captive, whereas a broker would have the ability to contract and offer the products and services of a number of different insurers. Okay. So it sounds an awful lot like mortgage brokering in terms of the mechanics of what the value proposition is choice and flexibility and for the end user basically, right? Exactly. You've got an advocate in the event that you need somebody to assist you with the counsel. They have you know, various products that they can offer from different lenders, You know, depending upon your requirements. Some of them have got great low rates of fixed terms. Some of them are a little bit higher, but a bit more flexible. Uh, they're a bit more portable. Uh, insurance has equivalent features along that same line. And by virtue of having access to a variety of market, you're not only you're independent, but you're also able to provide them with options that they just wouldn't be able to get from a direct. Mm -hmm. That's really good. And how big was that? Last question on the insurance thing, but how big in terms of members compared to MPC? Uh, on a headcount basis, it was almost identical. We had about 11,500 insurance broker members in Ontario. Just Ontario. Mortgage Professionals Canada is 11,500 mortgage brokers across the country. Mm -hmm. That's good. So how did you find out about this position at Mortgage Professionals Canada? Did they find you? Did you find them? Where was the connection? When I was at the Insurance Brokers Association of Ontario, there were sister associations across the country that also represented the brokers within each province. And we also had a national association or the Insurance Brokers Association of Canada. The gentleman that was CEO of the Canadian Association was actually contacted by a recruitment firm for this position at Mortgage Professionals Canada. And Dan Daniluk, who is the CEO of the National, suggested to them that I would be the candidate that they should speak to. So it was basically a referral from the CEO of the National Association in the insurance space who then, after speaking to the recruiter, I guess, gave me a call to say, there's a position open as the leader of an association that you really should consider. Uh, the timing of that was great because I had been working at this software firm for about three years at that point, and it's a national sales role. In the day-to-day -day of that, I actually really missed the association work. Association work is just incredibly varied. There are challenges in different directions every day, and the sales job was really quite singularly focused. So after having basically chased top-line revenue for three years, which, don't get me wrong, has a whole bunch of challenges all by itself, it just started to feel one-dimensional. I was really excited for the opportunity to go back to an association and start managing a whole bunch of sort of varied responsibilities again. Mm -hmm. And a whole bunch of moving parts. Exactly, yeah. 
Okay, I have two two quick questions, and then I'm going to move on to MPC today and the vision for the future. So first is, you have an accent. Where's that from? I'm originally from the UK. My dad, my dad's side of the family are all from Yorkshire, and my mom's side are all from Liverpool. I was actually born in Bradford in Yorkshire, but I moved to Liverpool at the age of about one year old. And so all of my formative years, or the, the base of my accent, if you will, is from Liverpool. Uh, I'm a scouser in regional parlance, but I moved around a lot from the age of about 10 to 14. And when I say a lot, I lived in Luton, I lived in Birmingham, Tamworth, Peterborough, all over the place. So I was really quite nomadic before I left the UK. So my accent was a bit of a mishmash of various things. And now uh, I've got just enough English accent left for Canadians to say, he's not from here. But when I go back to the UK, people just accuse me of being American. Oh, really? They don't. You don't sound like any particular region? I don't think so. I, anybody from the UK would probably be able to identify that I'm from Northern England. And so somewhere between sort of Liverpool, Manchester-ish area, they would say. I had one person at a convention pinpoint me as Merseyside, and I gave her 10 points. I'm like, that's, that's well done, because not a lot of people are that regionally specific. You could probably tell that I'm sort of Northern English-ish area if you were familiar with the regional accents there. Okay, so last personal question, and then we'll move on to MPC. What's one thing that people couldn't find out about you by Google? Favorite band through high school was Iron Maiden. I own every album all the way up to Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. I actually at one point could play every song on every album from the beginning up to Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. I was a thrash metal guitar player, so in my uh, high school graduating year, I had hair down to my waistband, and I was the traditional sort of skinny black jeans, hacky sack smoking dude. Right. That, see, the thing is, in your generation, there wouldn't have been on Facebook, it wouldn't have been on YouTube, so it's now, you sort of, it's all gone, right? Yeah, there's not, there's almost no photograph, like old school photographic evidence even of me with hair, which is a small mercy, really. I actually feel sorry for everybody in today's generation, because there are no secrets. You can see everybody's bad fashion decisions right back to the dawn of time. I feel lucky that I escaped that. Mm -hmm, that's awesome. Right on the cusp too, it's good, yeah. So with Mortgage Professionals Canada, what are you excited about that you guys are doing? I guess two questions. And then what's the, where are you guys headed? What's your vision? I, so there's all kinds of things that I'm really excited about. One of the things that I was really struck by is the fact that this association is an industry association. The large majority of members that are paying dues to us are mortgage brokers. Absolutely. But we have a chunk of lenders that are also paying dues and we have uh, mortgage insurers that are also paying dues. So we have a really cool way to be able to take consumer positions from all layers of the industry in that ultimate consumer service model, which we are all part of. That gives us really great opportunities to respond to all levels of government from a whole variety of different perspectives. So whether it's Bank Act, whether there's an issue with OSFI and their underwriting guidelines at each individual provincial regulatory level, we have a network of members that we can leverage to help us deliver messages out through. And again, from the consumer's perspective, we're there almost as their advocates in the eyes of government. Certainly, if that's the way we want to affect change anyway. So we have a whole bunch of levers that we can pull by virtue of the makeup of the association, which really distinguishes us from any other association I've seen, actually, in any industry vertical. They tend to be really quite insular. This is not. I really feel like we should celebrate that. There's a, a number of different things that we're looking to bring forward. I was really fortunate in timing when I started here in that the long-range plan for the association was actually scheduled to at least be started 
a week after I began. So the second week on the job, we went to a long-range planning retreat. Your board of directors got together and we set some strategic priorities. And from there, I brought it back to the office and we really worked on kind of an operational plan. The priorities are probably no news to anybody. Um, the first one is to increase our government relations effort and increase relationships at all levels. The second is to increase our overall membership base and member engagement. The second part of that is actually really important. And the third is to increase the consumer awareness of the value of using a mortgage broker. Uh, it's also really important to state those are in no particular order. I certainly don't consider the government relations to be more important necessarily than consumer awareness or, or even membership engagement for ourselves. The, the three are really intertwined and so that they're, they're not really in any order of importance. From a GR perspective, I think we've uh, in early days done a great job of trying to form relationships with a whole bunch of the new folks at the federal level. I've met individually with each of the provincial regulators on an at least once, actually. Uh, there are a number that I've met many times. <laughs> there are a number of provinces undergoing some turbulence is not necessarily the best word, but certainly some uh, some activity at the moment, BC, not, not the least of those. And so we, I think we're doing a really good job of making sure that people understand who we are, that we're approachable, that we are able to work together, but we're also able to take positions that are occasionally contrary to the governments without being belligerent about it. That, mm -hmm. That's the first thing. We're also as part of our long-range plan, looking to really increase the overall government awareness of the financial reach of our industry. We do a good job with some of our consumer surveys, and we put statistics together for government before. But I really want to try to coordinate a whole bunch of meetings directly between our members and MPPs. So I don't want to give too much of the game away on that. But across the next 12 months or so, I am going to be working with an external firm to help me coordinate some stuff, and I will be looking very, very shortly, actually, for some government relations champions within the membership themselves. So stay tuned for that. Tied into that also then, from a membership perspective, increasing our overall member engagement is something I think we really need to focus on internally. I really, really don't want people to think of Mortgage Professionals Canada as an office in Toronto somewhere. That's that's absolutely the last perception I want people to have. Mortgage Professionals Canada is a group of individuals that work in a particular industry that support each other in their own professional endeavors. That's how I want people to think of it. So we've, we'll be championing uh, the introduction of sort of a young professionals network. I've seen that pop up on Facebook group, yeah. Oh, right on. I, I really do want to create a bit of a peer network there for some of the younger folks. I think we want to make sure from an industry space, we retain the best and brightest of the young talent that's arriving. It can be a little daunting, depending on how you get your introduction. It's a little bit eat what you kill for the first number of years, unless you have a mentor who can really help shape you. There's a lot of folks that I think enter the industry and depart for something that has a little bit more stable income sometimes, and they don't necessarily appreciate the opportunities we can present. So the whole YPN initiative is really initially just to be a bit of a peer-to-peer -peer support group, and I want folks to have the opportunity to ask some questions of some of their peers that they might not necessarily feel comfortable at the office with. Once that's established as well, it becomes much, much easier for us to start putting on events that are very specifically tailored towards the young entrants. And we sort of initially define this as 35 or younger, but we're already cognizant of the idea. There's a number of people that arrive as a second career. And so that young professionals network is probably going to evolve into a young tenure professionals network. And so anybody that is kind of green to this space will probably be welcomed into the fold there and will help 
kind of groom them into success, if you will. We also want to run a whole lot more local events um, and try to provide a bit more education locally that's in person. We have a great online library, but we're not doing very much actually in front of folks. And that's always the preferred way that people like to receive education, I think. Online is great, but the engagement level is just not necessarily the same. And you certainly don't get the social interaction as part of it. So we also, from my perspective, recognize we don't need to own that, though. If we can create communities across the country locally that will organically let us know what they need, we can just become a back office. So if we have a champion locally in Vancouver who says, you know what, we need a fraud session or we need a underwriting 101 session. In our office, we can help with the promotion of that locally. We can find a facilitator local who's got some content that is out of the can, ready to deliver, and we can be much more effective in the delivery of that stuff without us necessarily needing to build everything from the ground up and have this huge sort of monolithic task. From a member engagement perspective, I really want people to start thinking of Mortgage Professionals Canada as their local community. And we're kind of a back office to facilitate or support whatever initiatives locally may be needed. Mm -hmm. Same with government relations. Uh, lastly, the consumer advertising stuff. We've doubled the budget for all of that kind of outreach. We are doing our best as much as possible to get some TV cycles. I've been on BNN. I've been on uh, CP24, other things. It's easy to get some media attention when we've actually got consumer reports. So we're going to be doing another one of those soon in September. And there's some traditional advertising that we'll be spending money on. So we'll probably, I think we bought some TV runs through February and March because in our TV is expensive. Mm -hmm. But in our sort of thought process, trying to be top of mind for consumers just as they're about to embark on that home search is probably the smart time and that felt like the appropriate time of year where people were if they were thinking about moving were really probably getting serious before the sort of silly season began if you will mm -hmm. those are high level bullet notes around what the long-range plan for us is going to look like there's an awful lot of work in executing some of those across the next two or three years but a lot of the initiatives were actually designed by our members and our staff themselves so the folks internally here are actually quite excited about bringing some of these things out to market and and really helping our members actually own them themselves which is the ideal so a really exciting time to be here i'm I'm very much looking forward to the next few years, frankly. It'll be, be great to see us stride forward. Mm -hmm. Full confession in terms of I wasn't aware of all of the sort of the vision and things you have planned. And I'm actually, I'm finding myself excited about the things you're telling me. So hopefully this podcast and the, our listeners pick up on this and go, hey, you know what? They're doing some cool stuff. And how can we get behind what they're doing? And yeah, no, I think it was awesome. So last question I want to ask you about is the event that's coming up in Vancouver. And so tell me, what's one thing you're excited about with the event? Speaker lineup, first and foremost, uh, I'm really excited about. We have Randy Backman as our keynote through the lunch. He's amazing. I don't know if any of your listeners have ever uh, tuned into Randy's Vinyl Tap. It's on CBC. Hey, dude is a consummate storyteller and a, just a world-class entertainer. So if, even if you've seen him before... He's going to do a slightly different performance than shows that he's run in the past for us. Uh, we have a great relationship with him, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. So we, Scott Stratton will talk sales and marketing. We have another individual that is our keynote around 
I think he's a happiness consultant. Everybody needs more happiness. The plenary sessions education this year is super rich. We have 20 individual sessions and they're running, I think, seven concurrent deep. So it really doesn't matter what aspect of the industry you spend your time in, whether you're a broker, lender, or insurer, there's going to be something that is specific to your role that you can take away a learning from. We would like people to select before they get on site which one they want, because that will help us put the appropriate speaker in the appropriate space. But even if you get there last minute, there's going to be, without any planning, something that's going to tickle your fancy that will be of appeal. So I'm really excited about just the richness of the overall content this year. I think it's definitely something for everybody three or four times. That's awesome. And so anybody listening, if you haven't signed up yet to go, go check it out. It's going to be in Vancouver. It's a great city. No offense to Toronto and my friends in Toronto. But yeah, I think it's going to be, I'm excited about what you guys have got planned. And any last thoughts, anything I should have asked you or you think we should share? For the conference specifically, we've had, we have a member pricing and then we have a non-member pricing. And traditionally, Mortgage Professionals Canada members obviously get a better than street rate for the event. We're also extending our traditional member pricing to members of other associations this year. I think it's really important for us to make sure that we're as inviting as possible to other members of our industry. So whether you belong to another mortgage industry association or if you even belong to the Appraisers Institute or uh, any association that is kind of periphery to what we do, we're quite happy to have folks register at the same price that our members would. So don't Please don't be deterred by what would be otherwise a bit of a delta in price difference. If you are in the industry or close to the industry, and also if it's your first time, because we want to get new people, it's my first time too. <laughs> That's actually going to be my tagline for this conference. Hey, it's my first time too. We have, a, I think there's a $100 discount for people that have never been to one before, just as a way to try and sort of get them into the fold and see what they're missing. The association works when it's a community. So please... You get most value out of your membership dollar when you take part in membership activities, and we want to make it as easy as possible. So those are, from a pricing perspective and just ease of access, those are a couple of points I think I'd like to make if I can. Awesome. Well, thank you, Paul. I really appreciate your time. Anybody listening, we're going to have show notes, links to everything that we talked about at mortgagebrokering.com. And Paul, I'm jacked to have you as part of this community, and maybe we'll see Iron Maiden one of these days. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It'll be fun. We'll have the trooper as our closing turn. It'll be amazing. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you do, you'll get three deals in the next week. Okay, that's not entirely true, but we'd really appreciate it. Also, you can check out everything at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. See you next week.